In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Military Moms, it's Robin Boyd here with you today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Sandra has had another obligation today, so we're going to just keep things all rolling along. And I know I have my friend here, Doris Rivas Barecki, to help me keep things moving. Hi, Doris. Hi, Robin. How are you? <laughs> we're fine. We're, we're fine. We're, out we're here. going alone today, huh? We are. And you know what? We're just going to rock it because we've got a huge show. We've got uh, a, a fellow who's a dear friend of motherhood, uh, Military Mom Talk Radio as well as Motherhood Incorporated. <laughs> we have Michael Russer here today. Um, and if you have never met him, he is with Go Army Homes. Great fellow, good friend, and we have lots to talk about all that's uh, happening cool. over at Go Army Homes today. Cool. And uh, you have a couple of um, authors that you have um, have for us today, don't you, Doris? Yes, I have uh, Carol Vento mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen Brown. I'm really looking forward to talking to both of them because their books uh, have such interest to me, both of them. Uh, and I think it's so interesting when authors have taken some fact, and we're going to have to ask them if these are nonfiction or fiction, but I do believe it's so interesting to take instances that have happened or uh, around the things that happened in a certain era right. and have been able to retell it so that people of other generations or had not experienced that are able to learn and uh, have a better understanding of what had gone on. Really oh. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait you know, to hear them. It's interesting. Over the weekend, um, my son is involved with a theater group, and they did a, a play that had been on Broadway for a time, and it was called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, and it was the story Ooh. of Andrew Jackson done in a punk rock venue kind of thing, which was totally <laughs> different, totally unusual. But needless to say, Andrew Jackson's life was rather colorful, and how interesting it was to see the way they told actual historical facts and pulled it into this sort of punk rock kind of kind of venue it was it played uh <laughs> thursday through sunday over here in our uh a local theater it was just wonderful but you know there were things about andrew jackson that i 
did not quite know about. And I certainly learned an awful lot about Andrew Jackson. So, <laughs> wow, wow. Not that I'm alluding um, our two guests to, to something as colorful as this, but what I, I guess my point is you know, you bring history to the generation. You don't try to force the generation into into history. And I right. think the only way to get young people to really appreciate what has gone gone before us is to bring it into their terms. And boy, this this certainly did the trick. Wow. So it was a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we get chatting uh, with our guests, and I know that you've got some news you can use, I did want to talk about a couple of things, Doris. I wanted to share with everybody that uh, if you have not had someone knock on your door yet, right about now uh, throughout the country, uh, Girl Scouts are taking their initial orders for their Girl Scout cookies. And I know everybody looks forward to Girl Scout cookies, but uh, I also wanted to make sure people knew that our cookie sale, and I say our because I've been a Girl Scout for 34 years now, um, our Girl Scout cookie sale does so much more than just selling the cookies to raise money. The girls learn to develop goal setting and decision making. They learn money management. They learn people skills. And so importantly, they learn business ethics. And I have read testimony after testimony of women business uh, uh, people today as adults who said that their beginning entrepreneurships began when they first started selling Girl Scout cookies. So not only am I encouraging people to remember that there's a lot more to uh, Girl Scout cookies than just enjoying those Thin Mints and those Samoas and trefoils. Right. But I also wanted people to realize that there is often in every council an initiative called Gift of Caring. And one of the Gift of Caring uh, campaigns is to send cookies to our troops overseas. Oh, wow. And if uh, if you personally might not want, a lot of times they'll say, oh, I, I'm on a diet. I don't want all that sugar around or, oh, gee, I'm sorry, I, I have to, um, I, I might have diabetes or whatever. But people can purchase Girl Scout cookies and have them sent by that council to troops overseas. And I have to tell you, Doris, we have sent hundreds of thousands of cookies. A lot of councils call it cookie, Operation Cookie Drop. Some councils call it um, uh, a couple of other kind of little initiatives. Whatever your council says uh, or has for initiative, we do send them off. And we have them when the troops come home. We'll have them in their welcome home uh, parties. We'll have them overseas. In fact, Later on this week, I'm going to post a picture of a fellow. It looks like he's probably uh, in Afghanistan or somewhere. Uh, I don't know where this particular soldier is, but we have lots of lots of guys and gals enjoying our cookies. And so Great. that's one of the things that I want to make sure people are aware of, that, that these cookies do get sent to, um, to our guys and gals. I didn't know that. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's really yeah. important, Rob, yeah. really important. And- and you know what else, Doris? All of the proceeds, every single penny goes to that local council that the, that the sale is in. So if you're purchasing in your state that 
those proceeds are staying right there. And it either benefits the girls directly by a profit going to their troop to assist them with program, or it subsidizes the costs of Girl Scouts program in that local area. So it's such a win-win situation. I just really wanted to let people know that this, this is about the time you're going to start seeing girls taking the orders. And in a few weeks, most councils will start with their booth sales. Every council does it at a little different time frame because we don't inundate the uh, the cookie bakers. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> too, I'm, too much. We try to stagger it a little bit, but. I'm glad you brought that up because normally I might have turned my back on it because of what you just said about, you know, like calories and stuff. Sure. But now because of what you said, I'm going to give. And sometimes, if, especially a little little girl who might be one of her first times approaching a, a customer for her sale, she might quite not not quite know the answer if you ask her if she can send this to a soldier. So maybe just check in with your local council, and you can certainly find that information at girlscouts.org um, and find where your local council is, and they can give you all the information. But, yeah, we like I say, we we just so enjoy getting those pictures back and those little notes back. They They really appreciate them. Great information. And then, Doris, I wanted to make sure everyone is aware of um, our... I, I hope he's a friend of ours. We, we're really looking forward to meeting him someday. Uh, Gary Sinise, he uh, had played Lieutenant Dan in the movie Forrest Gump, and he has formed a band, for those who might not know, named Lieutenant Dan Band after that character. Well, he does benefits all over, and the things this man accomplishes is, is phenomenal. Uh, his band is going to be playing on March 1st uh, a benefit concert at the Temecula Town Square City Plaza. It's going to be March 1st, and um, the tickets will be sold either at TemeculaTheater.org or by calling 866-653-8696. And... Um, this the money for this event is going to build a smart home for 27-year-old Corporal Juan Dominguez, who became a triple amputee as a result of injuries sustained in Afghanistan. He has chosen Temecula as the city where he wants to live with his nine-year-old daughter, and his smart home will be specially designed to be equipped with every state-of-the-art feature possible to have him live independently. So uh, if you want more information on Lieutenant Dan Band, that's exactly what it is, L-T-D-A-N-B-A-N-D.com, and visit that website because this man is doing some amazing things. Uh, Doris, I know you have a story, but we're about two minutes before break, um, so I probably chatted a little bit too long about these, but we can, let's say hello to Michael before we get into the break, and then before... Um, before we learn a little bit more about Go Army Olms, we'll have your your story on the other side of the commercial break. Michael, are you there? I sure am, Robin. <laughs> well, Michael, welcome to Military Mom Truck Radio. Welcome back, I should say. Well, thank you. It is always an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. 
It's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to talking. You've got some news to share with us, some of the new things about uh, happening at Go Army Homes. We're just getting ready for a break, but I do want to make sure people have a website to connect with Go Army Homes before we go to break. What is that website, Michael? Well, it's really simple. It is www.goarmyhomes.com. That's G-O-A-R-M-Y-H-O-M-E-S.com. Dot com. That's wonderful. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why people should go to Go Army Homes because there's lots of information there. And especially if you're on the move in the military, you're going to want to check in with Go Army Homes. Um, you can also check some of our past uh, podcasts because Michael is has been with us in the past. We always love it when he comes back. He's always got interesting things to tell us. Um, check our podcast at militarymomtalkradio.com. You can also find us on iTunes. We are all over uh, the world these <laughs> days. We're getting, getting news from everybody. So uh, we're so glad you're out there. We'll be back with Michael Russer and Go Army Homes after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Wondering how to market, where to invest, where to advertise, where to find the right advice, or what to do about taxes? Doing business today is a complex venture, and that's where All Biz Talk comes in. All Biz Talk helps businesses and individuals find the right path to their success and learn more about the ideas, products, and services used by today's top professionals. Success leaves clues, so if you want to be successful, it's always best to listen to the people who have already been where you want to be. Our hosts are unbiased and will ask the hard questions, taking your calls to help connect you with the right professionals, people who can help you get a better handle on your personal and business choices. All BizTalk is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. Join All Biz Talk Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central at allbiztalk.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, it's Robin Boyd here today for Sandra Beck, and we're here with Doris Rivas Bracke. Before we chat a little bit with uh, Michael Russer, Doris, what did you have for us for news you can use? Because I went a little long on first segment, and I do apologize. Well, it's, it's uh, just a, a, actually a human interest story with a twist, but I think it's really timely, uh, especially for our audience. Uh, we all uh, recently experienced... Uh, the, the news about the uh, worst high sea disaster perhaps of all time with the sinking of the cruise ship liner mm. Costa Concordia. Yeah. And the other day, yeah, and the other day I was watching television and looking for something to report on for the show, and I happened to catch uh, a Dr. Phil segment, and he was having an exclusive interview with an American family that survived the sinking ship. So at first I was just listening out of curiosity and, and you know, feeling sadness for the people. Then I mm. put my, yeah, then I put myself in their shoes because I've been on many cruises and I've traveled all over the world. And then I knew this was my story that I wanted to tell on the show because this could be anybody's story who travels. And uh, so anyway, uh, Dr. Phil asked them, this was the big question, how did you survive? And the number one point that I want to uh, put out there is that you don't panic. That was the main thing. The ma- and the majority of the people on this ship were panicking, and it was chaos. People kept comparing the situation to the movie Titanic, and you know how mm-hmm. gross that was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this particular family, right away, they made a pact between each other to stay together, stay positive, no matter what was going on around them. The other point Dr. Phil was saying is how to manage the aftermath of the crisis is that survivors need to talk about the incident when it's over with, and they need to recognize they may suffer from post-traumatic syndrome. Have we not heard that before? Yeah. Absolutely. And finally, he said that... uh, As passengers, all of us that travel, whether it be cruise ships, planes, trains, whatever, we need to start being more vigilant, you know, more aware of our surroundings and be prepared for just in case there is an accident. And something that came up uh, over the weekend with uh, while we were watching football, my cousin, who's a senior vice president for a major bank, she travels all the time, and we were talking about this story. And she says she goes out of her way to uh, talk to flight personnel just to see how they interact with her. You know, she looks at their body language. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Dr. Phil says we need to stop being like cattle, you know, clueless (laughs) and... (laughs) And start, you know, have strong survival spirit and a strong will to live just in case, because then you will have a better chance of surviving. Hmm. How interesting that is. And I guess, you know, that's probably nothing new to most military people, because, boy, I don't know anybody stronger or anybody able to face a a situation than those people who have been there and sort of already done that, huh? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting, Doris. Thanks. 
Yo, you're that, welcome, Robin. Yeah, yeah, that that really is. I there's always something new that you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> I know. Well, we're here with Michael Russer today. Uh, Michael, I am so excited to hear anything and everything that's new at Go Army Homes. And for those who have not heard heard you before on our show, maybe you could let us know a little bit about what Go Army Homes is. Sure. Well, Gormy Homes started in Lawton, Oklahoma, by Linda Jefferson, who founded it. And the reason she's a real estate agent who mm-hmm. had served uh, the military for years because she's uh, well, her son was stationed in Iraq and then in Afghanistan at the time, and she was looking for a way to give back while still doing her business, and uh, she was actually a student of mine at that time. I teach real estate agents how to how to uh, specialize in various niches, and so she chose mm-hmm. the appropriate one, and clearly she was passionate about it, and um, her Gormy home site was initially just for Fort Sill in Lawton, Oklahoma, and it just was immensely successful, and it's designed to help uh, Army families, primarily, or any Army personnel, actually, but primarily Army families, with their PC uh, challenges going from base to base and mm-hmm. post to post, and um, and she's she does this with such passion, and and the site was so successful that I suggested to her that you know there really ought to be a Go Army Homes website for every base out there. So, you know, to make a long, long story short, um, I partnered up with her along with uh, Dacno Marketing out of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and as the technology side of things, and we ended up. Uh, in the process of creating uh, websites for many of the Army bases out there. And their, their purpose, again, is to help the families and single personnel uh, with their PCS uh, challenges. And, you know, here's the thing, and Robin, I know you know this, but mm-hmm. um, and I know everybody who's listening who has done a, done a PCS, um, it, it is a challenge. Not only is it frust- frustrating, uh, it is challenging in terms of being uprooted uh, time and time again. And then going to areas you don't know anything about, and you're looking for someone friendly, honest, and who's going to be a, you know, who's going to be an advocate for you. And right. this is the challenge that uh, so many people in, in the army who are doing their PCS run into when they go to a new post. They'll usually end up talking to a realtor who first would hope that they were going to buy something. And then but most most Army families, the first thought is, is to rent. And obviously, because they're not going to be there, they feel they're only going to be there two, three years and that sort of thing. And that's very understandable. Mm-hmm. The moment that the realtor hears that, and not all realtors are this way, but unfortunately, it's far too common of an experience. The moment that they hear they're going to rent, well, they get passed off. To someone who just gives them a list and says, "Go get them, Tiger," and then they're mm-hmm. kind of like off on their own. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to to relay this story that that Linda sent to me that just happened. Absolutely, we had had a meeting of all the Gourmet Home Specialists. Um, I think it was a week ago, Thursday, and we were talking about being in service to the military, to the people who put their lives and and lifestyles on the line for us so we can maintain our lifestyle and our freedom and uh, being in service to them in this capacity. And uh, so she wrote me, and it happened right after the meeting. And this is what she said. She says, Michael, just as I ended the meeting, my door chimed, my door chimed and uh, uh, in walked a soldier. The look on his face was that of frustration as I asked how I could help him. He stated that he was looking for a rental. 
I asked him to my office. I asked him into my office and immediately began calling around the companies that I work with that have nice, clean, suitable housing for soldiers. When I compiled the list, he stopped me and said, Ma'am, if you don't mind me asking, how much are you charging for your services? Not that I wouldn't pay for your kindness and help. I told him that if he, if he was happy with how I helped him, to please tell everyone he knows and meets me about me and my company. Um, I sell homes, and his referrals would be greatly appreciated. He looked at me for a moment with a bit of shock and stated that I treated him with more respect than he had been shown in the days of... Uh, 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 in the previous days and thank me. He began to tell me that he had been to numerous companies. The first two he asked for a realtor and when he told, when he would tell them that he would like to rent a home, the response was a quick, oh, you need to see a rental department. And he would then be handed a list and a set of keys. Unfortunately, he had been shown homes that were not clean and definitely not what he was looking for. Oh, gosh, and, yeah. Yeah, and so then, you know, she went on to say she, she was, um, she then asked him if he had a place to stay. And he, again, looked at her in shock and said, no one's ever bothered to ask me that. Turns out wow. he didn't have a place to stay. Uh, he <gasps> was staying with friends, and it was kind of crowded. So she found uh, a place at just and had a killer deal for him, like 40 bucks a night, at one of the nicest places in town. And um, he was just thanking her up and down. And then he said, uh, he said that, uh, you know, he, you know, he and his uh, and his uh, and then the people he he works and fights with uh, know that there's a lot of people out there in every industry that kind of wrap the flag around this themselves and claim mm-hmm. how they support the troops, and that makes soldiers very leery. And he says it was very refreshing to find a company like Army Homes, and so it was. I mean, that's the kind of thing that that we see all the time, and that's part of our mission. I mean, our our tagline is. When you're ready to move, we're proud to serve. And that's whether you're ready, whether you want to rent, buy, or whatever. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, the real estate industry as a whole doesn't really look at it that way. And so uh, Linda, with her passion, her vision, and her mission, um, has really been at the forefront of, of helping bring that to as many Army posts and bases as we can. And so as we grow and add more and more bases, that's kind of what we do. And, and that, that's the essence of who we are and why we exist. Wow. A couple of minutes before break, Michael, and then we're, I, there's one other thing that I want to catch with you before we uh, say hello to our next guest, Carol. But uh, how many Go Army Home bases do you have covered right now? Right now, there's about 13, I believe, and oh. um, all the way from uh, uh, Hawaii to the East Coast. And uh, we were very careful about how we add them because we need to find um, affiliate real estate professionals that are absolutely passionate about serving the military, well, serving the Army, um, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the, the families and personnel that PCS from base to base uh, with that, that have the same passion and the same attitude about um, helping people with their moves, whether they're rent- renters or buyers. And uh, unfortunately, it's rather hard to find mm. people like that. And so we're very, very careful. And so we're, we would rather grow slowly than try to grow uh, fast and have the wrong people uh, in Absolutely. service. But I'm sure families feel very uh 
comforted knowing that you're kind of there watching the backsides because they need to know, okay, I'm not going to get raked over the coals. I'm going to be treated with respect. I'm going to get honest information. And these people understand where I've been and what I'm going through because they, so they many have. times. They do because yeah. many of the specialists at the various posts um, uh, have either been in the Army or are married to somebody in the Army or have somebody either related to them uh, that has served or is serving. And that's the kind of yeah. people we look for because we want to make Absolutely. sure they really get this. Yeah. We'll uh, say a couple more things with Michael on the other side of the break. Uh, if you want to check out where those 13 bases are and then some, because I think we've got some uh, indication at GoArmyHomes.com of where else they will be in the country. Be sure That's to check right. them out. We'll be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDoeswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doeswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Tugginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Welcome back, everyone. We're here at Military Mom Talk Radio today with Michael Russer of Go Army Homes. And before we go to Carol Schultz-Vento, our uh, first author of the day, Michael, there's something coming up with Go Army Homes that I think everybody, whether they're uh, in the military or not, are going to enjoy. Tell us about the book that's coming out. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Robin. That is so exciting. We are are in the process of creating a assembling, I should say, with the help of actually you and Sandra and, and Motherhood Incorporated, uh, the uh, Go Army Homes Army Family Friendly Cookbook. And we are uh, uh, bringing in recipes from all the Army families from around the world. And uh, right now we had about 1,100, I think, uh, either submissions or inquiries with just one uh, request out there through Twitter. Oh, how and, exciting. Oh, my gosh, yes. And this will have not just recipes, and this is what's so exciting, because the, the recipes that make it will also make it because of the stories behind them. And so we're as interested in the recipes as we are in the stories of how these, these you know, how, how these recipes came about, uh, what was special about them for uh, the, uh, and the, uh, the enlisted person or somebody who went overseas, why they, they look forward to it. I mean, any, any kind of human interest story behind these recipes is just as important as the as the recipe itself. And so we're in the process of putting this together with the help of Motherhood Incorporated. And um, and uh, I, I don't have a deadline for you yet, uh, but uh, I think by the time you have me back on here, uh, I, I should have a better feel for when this will be out. But this will be in all formats, Robin. So uh, you can be as light as your Kindle uh, or your Nook Reader, uh, and there'll be uh, softbound versions, and there'll even be a coffee table, uh, full color coffee table version as well. So we are we're so very excited, excited about, about this, this yeah. and, and uh, looking forward to everybody participating. And just like Go Army Homes, because whether it's a home and you're looking at the person, not just the transaction, you're looking at this cookbook and going into what uh, what the personal interest stories are, and that's so important. We're we're just so excited to be a part of it, and we're so proud of you for bringing it all together. Thanks, Michael well, thank Russer. You. We're going Thank to you, look Robin. for you. All right. Go Thanks Army Homes, me. and we'll have lots more information in the coming weeks and months about the book. Well, speaking of books, we have uh, next with us Carol Schultz-Vento. Her book is entitled The Hidden Legacy of World War II, A Daughter's Journey of Discovery. Carol, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Oh, welcome. Hi, Robin. Hi. So glad to meet you. Um, And I'm assuming if we're talking about uh, a daughter's journey of discovery, this must have something to do with your dad. It definitely does. And uh, the reason I wrote the book was to sort of talk about a little understood fact about uh, the greatest generation and how some of the combat soldiers came home with post-traumatic stress disorder, although it was not acknowledged as a diagnosis at that point. And uh, I wanted to uh, write the book not only to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, but I also wanted to talk about some of the stories of the greatest generation that we haven't heard. And I wanted to do it from the perspective um, of a child of a combat veteran in a Mm. war where uh, no one thinks anybody came home with problems. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you remember as a child of your dad's stories? Well, my my, my father was a little bit unique because uh, out of the 16 million plus men that fought in World War II. My dad sort of has a recognizable name because he was portrayed in an old war movie called The Longest Day, uh, Mm -hmm. which was um, about D-Day, and he was uh, portrayed in there. So my memory of of my dad was sort of like, well, his war wasn't so bad, but at the same time, he was dealt with alcoholism. Um, He had three marriages, uh, and he... he, he, uh, conquered his alcoholism and ended up being a director of drug and alcohol rehab programs, ended up at Fort Irwin at the end of his career, helping young soldiers with similar problems to what he had. But there was a a price to pay. And Mm -hmm. the price, you know, the price to pay uh, for the children. And I I think that there's a lot of recognition of that today. However, when I was growing up and when other children, World War II veterans, were growing up. We basically thought we were the only ones, and our families were the only ones having trouble. Mm, yeah. Doris, was your father in the service? Yes, he served in the Korean War. Hmm. And do you remember, uh, did he talk a lot or much or, or at all about his time in the military? Zero. He hated yeah. talking about it. Yeah, the most funny too. stories. Yeah, the funny stories, never the mm-hmm. real thing. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was in the Marines and had a book called The Old Breed that was from his division. And once in a while, uh, he'd be looking through the book and reading. And I'd just ask him, what was this or what was that? And he would sort of give me these very paraphrased, quick answers. But, of course, my husband, being a veteran, knows more about what my dad experienced than I ever did. It was hard for them to talk. How did you get the stories out of him, Carol? I didn't get a lot out of them, but I did get get some out of him um, towards the end of his life because I said, you know, Dad, other people have written about you in books. He's been in Stephen Ambrose's books, and he's been in a number of books. Uh, and I said, well, you know, I want to write about you. And, <laughs> uh, let me ask you some questions. Uh, and wow. I started asking him really detailed questions, and he was really pretty honest uh, at the at that point in his life. And he said to me, he said, I don't want you to write my story. My story's been told right from the perspective of a child. What was it like being my daughter? And uh, he died in 2005, but that was such a good piece of advice because I was sort of able to, you know, pull it all together. And then I had his BA files that I was able to get after his death. And And I was able to look at how long he had tried to get help from 1946 on for anxiety. Uh, And basically he was, he was denied. He kept appealing it up until, up until he was 80 years old that he finally got a hundred percent rating. So I was able to look at these psychiatric reports over the years that I had never seen before. Wow. Wow. What do you think was, uh, and I, I guess we should also clarify, where the, we haven't really mentioned your dad's name, Arthur Dutch Schultz. Um, Arthur Dutch say- Schultz, yes. He was a paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne. And then he, uh, when he left the Army, you know, in 45, uh, he really couldn't find a job. Mm. And he went back into the Army in 47 and became a counterintelligence agent for the Army uh, over in uh, Germany and Austria. 
Hmm. How interesting. So we had about 14 years uh, in the service, and then basically when he and my mom divorced, he sort of had a you know, a, a breakdown, and he left the service at that point. Plus, the security clearance was somewhat compromised after he had a breakdown. So, hmm. What part of his story do you think uh, is different about your book than could have been portrayed in any of the other books he's been featured in? Well, they just talked about his battles during the war um, in the other books. And my book talks has one chapter on on his battles because I was able to get archival information uh, from mm-hmm. some of the authors. Um, but I talk a lot about his battles after the war and yes. how he, he struggled to overcome, you know, some of the demons of war. And how important Hello? that is. How important, because I think so many, this generation, I think, does have it fortunate because we are so transparent about talking about the difficulties we call, we have a a term for it at least, but it's so much more than just a term and we don't want to just slap a label out of convenience. We want to understand that every person must have to experience what they've gone through uniquely and differently right. and they're going to come through it their own way and they're going to be challenged in that journey and for us to understand what they have um what they're what they need from us in order to process and and be able to discover their new normal if you will that's the challenge and i think that's where the communication comes and i think carol your book by you sitting down and talking with your dad and being able to connect and touch him in this way has given other people the opportunity to sit down with their dad they may read this book and they may share it and they may say gee dad did you have this or did you have that kind of experience and that might just open the door for so many families so that's true and i've had other children of world war ii veterans uh, say to me i thought i was the only one too yes so yes. It's sort of like we've we've sort of developed a, a small community at, at this point of uh, coming into you know middle age, later middle mm-hmm. age, and mm-hmm. realizing, hey, we we shared this, but we never knew that we shared it. We were young right. because it was a time of silence about about uh, things psychological. And pretty much after the war, it was basically you know it was called combat fatigues. The idea was rest and relaxation and time at home would help, and mm-hmm. you would sort of get over it. So. It's and that an expectation to, for people to be as they were before instead of appreciating the, the nuances of the people that they are now. And I'm, with so many people in that generation becoming uh, so elderly and, and we're losing them, I think it's so important for people to sit down and try to capture all those memories and, and to be able to talk about them now. Carol, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me uh, on my website, carolschultzbento.com. Mm-hmm. And that's V as in Victor. V, v as in Victor, yes. Also, uh, I have a Facebook page that I created with another uh, daughter of a uh, uh, World War II vet who, who was uh, D-Day, and we called it oh. Daughters of D-Day, but it's very general. And basically, uh, we post general World War II veteran-themed stories on, on that uh, Facebook page. Um, and um, 
basically it's my website and the Facebook page. Oh, good. And we can buy the book through your website? Is that true? You can buy the book through the website. You can buy the book from Amazon, uh, both uh, Kindle and print, and also in a Nook from Barnes & Noble. The Hidden Legacy of World War II, A Daughter's Journey of Discovery. Carol Schulcento, thanks. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Stephen Brown. In Thank you so much. Nice Thank Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Second Chances. We all deserve them, and we are all worthy of them. Second Chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard. A place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of Second Chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio, a busy Monday today. We've had Michael Russer from Go Army Homes. We just met Carol Schultz-Vento, an interesting, interesting story about the hidden legacy of World War II, a daughter's journey of discovery. Please check her out at www.carol.com. Schultz, and that's S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, and her last name is Vento, V as in Victor, E-N-T. 
T-O.com. That's where you can find her book and lots more about about her interesting stories. Now, uh, to bring us to another uh, generation, Stephen Brown is uh, the author of Sweeps, and I hope we have him ready to ready to meet. Are you there, Stephen? Yes, I am, and good afternoon to all. Hi. Welcome. So glad to meet you, well, and thank thanks you. for it being here. thank you. It is my here. pleasure to uh, listen to uh, everybody. I tell you, I've been uh, uh, downstreaming, listening to your show this afternoon, that lady who was on just before. Uh, marvelous uh, uh, stories on there. God bless her. One, oh, wonderful, wonderful. We do hope everybody will check check it out. And we do keep articles on our website, militarymomtalkradio.com. So if you don't have any of the URLs or whatnot, please do check us check us out there. Now, Stephen, your um, story is called Sweeps, and you're focusing on the USS Vengeance, which had a secret mission in North Vietnam. Is that correct? Yes, it did. It is a, it, I shall tell you this. It is a fictitious name. I, my, my research showed me that the Navy's never had a ship named uh, Vengeance. I actually no was the, served as the operations officer aboard USS Impervious, and uh, when I reported aboard her in uh, April of 72. We were conducting uh, anti-infiltration patrols along the uh, South Vietnamese coast. In mm-hmm. January of 73, we were sent to North Vietnam to clear a number of its ports that had been mined the previous year. This was all part of the Paris Peace Accord, and the deal mm-hmm. was uh, Hanoi would release uh, POWs right now, and then the uh, remainder on a schedule based on those ports being cleared because their country was literally starving. Uh, they had mined the ports, and there were no ships coming in and coming out. Wow. Uh, overall, we were there for eight months. And uh, bottom line, uh, we were influential in returning 591 POWs. That's amazing. How... How difficult this is this is so such a naive question. How difficult was it to know where they were? Did you have a map or I mean were you given uh, intelligence uh, information as to where these would have been or were you kind of poking and prodding? Well, the military I, the American intelligence sources had a good idea as to where the seven primary POW camps were. And those had been known for some time. If you recall, there was an attempt in, I believe, 1969 or 1970 to rescue mm-hmm. uh, uh, POWs at Sante. And mm-hmm. it turned out right. they did, in fact, get some uh, troops there to affect the rescue. There wasn't anybody there. <gasps> Yeah, mm-hmm. and so either somebody had found out and uh, uh, just decided to, to move them or what. But ultimately what the Hanoi did was literally gather everyone together in uh, Hanoi, uh, feed them for a couple of weeks, try to put some uh, uh, color back into their faces, gave them uniform or not uniforms, at least a shirt, uh, mm-hmm. jacket, a little ditty bag, and put them on a, uh, a plane home. At the same time, they had taken the worst-case people and uh, released them at a very small airstrip right at the mouth of the Red River. Um, Kibai is what that was called. And uh, so we were, we were very much aware of this. Our work actually involved uh, being in the minefields for 24 hours. We'd come out for 12, make our reports. Um, at least then we could go inside the ship. 
And uh, at the time, uh, even though we were in the South China Sea and the very northernmost part of it, it was actually quite cold and quite damp. So we knew that we were looking at 18, 20-hour days, but at the same time, we also knew that what that effort meant. And I did not hear a single voice of dissent, if you will, with respect to the hours worked because the we kept our eyes on the prize. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Is your story fiction or yes, is it, it is. nonfiction? It's, it's, it is it's, fiction. It's, the setting is uh, fiction. The characters, you know, as Jack Webb would say, we've changed the names of the innocent to protect whoever <laughs> it is we wanted to protect. Uh, but uh, the actual operation up there involved a number of ships, and it was called Operation End Sweep. I use the fictitious name for it, Operation Paragon, in the text. But I, as part of the research for this, actually went back and uh, got copies of deck logs, which I had written, uh, as well as others aboard ship had written at that time. I went out and pulled out some old uh, charts. Um, so if some of the descriptions on there are uh, reasonably uh, accurate. It's a fictitious event, if you will, uh, a fictitious writing, but based on a real event. Yeah, wow. yeah. How long, did you say eight months? It was, is that how long it took for the complete operation, or was that your part in, in That's the That's how long it took mission? for the complete operation. There were some breaks in it, a couple of lulls, some of the negotiations uh, broke mm-hmm. down. The admiral would, uh, in charge of our task force, would fly uh, to the beach, or they would bring uh, North Vietnamese on board. Uh, I think it was the either the Iwo Jima or the Okinawa one of those helicopter ships for discussions. Uh, there were a couple times where nobody could agree on anything, so at one point we left for a few weeks. But uh, literally it was, as I said, it was on again, off again for uh, uh, 24 hours. And during that time, no one, very few people were allowed inside the skin of the ship. We were concerned wow. of, a, uh, of an explosion. These weren't your standard World War II uh, dead, uh, contact mines. These were what we called influence mines. Uh, they would basically wait and when they heard a certain class of ship going overhead, they would release. So we oh had my this, gosh! Yeah, uh, they were either based on uh, on uh, either ma- magnetic pressures, or they were based on the uh, sonar signature of uh, particular ships. Oh So wow. we had this gear on board that was designed to, if you will, trick them, and we towed this a uh, thousand uh, feet behind us. And as I said, in, in and out, in and out, in and out. And we'd roll up the gear at the end of it, uh, at the end of 24 hours, and go alongside a mothership and uh, get our reports off, get some fuel, and back in we went. Oh, my gosh. Were the, did you um, have a lot of casualties because of this mission? Fortunately, we did not. Um, wow. There were, uh, that was the big question that everyone had, uh, was uh, really concerned with. These were the types mm. of mines in which they were, once they were seated, the North Vietnamese were told they're going active in 24 hours. Your ships have a choice. They can either get the hell out of uh, port now or they can stay there yep. until we decide to let them go. And supposedly they had a, an active lifespan. Uh, they were good, good for six months. They were good for a year, and then they were either supposed to leave, I won't say self-detonate, de- uh, but okay. the firing mechanisms were to go away in one fashion or another. Nobody could guarantee that, and wow. that was the big concern. Plus the fact a lot of time, places where we worked, 
uh, were substantially inland. We had actually worked, uh, I'll say that inside, uh, it's called Helong Bay, which is, uh, now it's a big tourist area. Lots <laughs> of rock climbing, rocks going straight up out of the water. Isn't that something? And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but we had to work between those rocks and further inland. At one point, we were 25 miles from open water. So they were extremely uh, narrow. Eventually, what the Navy did was take a lot of our equipment, miniaturize it, and they put it on sleds that were towed by helicopters. That reduced, if you will, the yeah the manpower, the risk of people being out in one of these fields, uh, but uh, because they didn't have the juice, to so to speak, that a larger ship would have, uh, the work took a little bit longer. So we ended up working in tandem uh, with them. Many times we simply served as um, uh, air control platform for them. Wow. We only have a little bit uh, of time left before the end of our show, Stephen. Where could people buy Sweeps? Um, they could get are you Sweeps on Amazon. On Amazon. Amazon.com, and if they look up sweeps and uh, put my name with it, uh, the gods of the bits and bytes uh, will take them uh, directly to it. <laughs> I, teach I, computer, do, I teach computer have... classes here on the side, so we, uh, so I can talk about the gods of bits and bytes. <laughs> and I understand you've got something else in the works. Um, is Return to Vengeance your next project? Actually, Return to Vengeance is the fourth one on here. Oh, I have taken oh my, my character. Yeah, I've taken my character and uh, principal character. His name is Sam, and I have him going uh, literally back to North Vietnam to look for part of Yamashita's treasure which was that hoard of uh, goods uh, the Japanese amassed uh, from conquered lands. And wow. their, actually their plan was to, to get that back to the home islands, and they were going to use that to finance the war. But things changed, and they didn't. I took my <laughs> character in his next book to um, Egypt, and uh, in uh, Return to Vengeance, uh, Sam gets, he gets command, 17 years later, he gets command of, his, of the USS Vengeance. Half the crew are female and half are not, but the problem is that every screw-up, every recalcitrant the Navy doesn't want, they've put on board his ship. And his, wow. the ship's nickname is Leper Colony. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which he ends up taking in the Perfect. late 80s to uh, the Persian Gulf, oh, which was gosh. not a place, shall we say, for... Um, uh, you know, it, you needed a good crew there. I'll put it that way. I guess so. Stephen, this has been delightful to meet you. We want everyone to look for sweeps at Amazon.com. Uh, uh, check out Stephen. And I believe you're under Stephen Hayward Brown on, on Amazon. Yes, ma'am, I am. Um, Could I, if we've web, got just a few Do you have a moment. website, Stephen? Um, I, I do not. Still, just use the, I do have a, an email address, which is word Perfect. underscore dancer. 22 at com. Wonderful. I'll make sure that that's on the website as well. Thanks, Stephen Brown, so much. We look forward to reading Sweeps and the subsequent Sam Wallace novels. Thanks to Carol Schultz-Vento. She was here with her book, um, as was Michael Russer from Go Army Homes. Always a delight to learn, and we'll be looking for that cookbook coming out very shortly, and we'll certainly have more information on Military Mom Talk Radio for everyone looking for that. Thanks, Doris Rivas Brecky. Always a pleasure, and we're sending warm wishes out to Sandra Beck wherever you are today. And Thank you, Robin. Has a great day. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.